just going to New York is a jet. It's the Daily Ticket. Yes, breaking news. If you're just joining us, Aaron Rodgers, the trade is official. He is now leaving the Green Bay Packers and heading to New York to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets in the upcoming season. We'll go over all the details with our next guest. It's the great Gerald Colton joining us right now on the Gambler Hotline. Of course, he is the co-host of the All-Pro Philly Show. I heard from Ja over the weekend. It was great to get that text message from Ja, Jari Evans. Always great to hear from him. We're shooting the breeze over the Sixers win over that uh, sweep over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we got a lot to discuss, Gerald. Of course, the big news item of the day uh, just came down the the pipeline here, and that's Aaron Rodgers now heading to New York. I want to start there with you, but I don't because I got an even bigger question. Okay. Did you see Jalen Hurts' press conference today? Oh, Sean, listen. I, I, I know where you're going with this because I felt the same way you did. I mean, I could not believe when I saw it. My mouth hit the floor. I, He's flawless. Cool he is and, and in my, the start of my, my professional career was I was a trial lawyer and I used to wear suits uh, about 10, 11 days of the week. Like it was a nonstop. I was more comfortable in suits than I was in shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> and, then, and now our world has changed and, you know, and I wear them as, as infrequently as possible. But I still wear them more than most. And let me tell you something. As an old school guy, the look is just terrible. When you buy a suit, it's got that tag. First thing you do is you get the little whatever, whatever yeah. little scissors, yeah. whatever, nail clippers, whatever you do to remove it. So it was killing me when he sat down in this magnificent suit. Yes. And listen, I, I, and I know he might not be able to afford a good suit now. It's only $250 million. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, a beautiful Gucci suit. But immediately I texted a few people. My sons, I'm like, I know I'm old school, but that tag's got to go. And then I texted Dave. Spadero and John Clark, who I knew would be at the press conference, said, do me a favor, get up there and just take a little razor and get rid of it. I'm sure they love that text message. I love it. <laughs> They're in the middle of the press conference. Yeah. They're like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so I either showed my age or I showed no. you yeah. yeah, you know, it's... I don't think that's a, a trend. No, it's not. And and so maybe he's I trying to it. make it one. I swear to you, the one of the first times that ever happened to me, I was like, "Is that tag supposed to come on? Uh, come off?" And I, I, I don't know if it was like a winter jacket or or what it was. Uh, if it was a winter jacket or was it a um, a suit? Anyway, so when I did, I just knew I had to take it off. And then you know, you get all these tags all over these suits, and it's just like, so I don't know. Maybe he sat there and said, "You know what? I'm going to keep it on, and I'm going to rock right. it because it looks good on me." And hey, I'm not going to argue that, Jalen, but. <laughs> couple things first of all he could change he could change fashion now everyone's going to have him on but i doubt you ever had a gucci suit so maybe it's just when it's a gucci <laughs> exactly <laughs> but but also sean look i'm old enough to have gone through a lot of fashion trends and, and transformations i mean i remember the first press conference alan iverson after he was dressed guys used to show up in suits i was a little offended at first when he showed up with a t-shirt and big chains for his first press conference over time i got to appreciate hey listen that's his style he's going to own it he's not going to change it for anybody and i i actually really came to appreciate that and recognize that at that point i was i was a dinosaur already that's 26 years ago <laughs> 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 yeah. but but on this one on this one listen okay 
here's Jalen Hurts, and I'm not going to submit that I know more about fashion than Jalen Hurts. Plus, he has this female agent. I, seemingly, she's looking out for him also, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so maybe it's just maybe it's just uh, the times have come. John, you know, going back with my age, there was a transformation also where designer clothes weren't a thing, and and you know you didn't have tags, and it started with some jeans, like guest jeans and stuff, and then it was polo, and then and I can't believe that people actually wear shirts that say the designer's name on them, you know, the Ralph Lauren or or whatever it might be, and the, and anything that's Gucci or or Chanel and all the purses that have all those so i don't know i would from my standpoint i don't want to wear someone's logo like that well, but yeah that's you know, it. And john jance i give him credit on this one because he said maybe he's getting paid to do that you never know you never know i could mean he, he, maybe he threw be. the suit on and said you know that's what? I good like product that. placement right gucci, there you know i'm gucci baby i'm gucci he has a big yeah i'll never know what it's like to wear one so i don't i don't yeah. know if i would keep it or not. i got a gucci yeah. tie i don't know if it was real though all right. Getting, getting Gucci stuff will be good, but man, if, if he's got to sell out already on this deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, there's nothing earth shattering from the Jalen Hurts deal. He is just the man. Um, you know, money is great. Championships are, are what it's all about. I mean, there are so many lines that he had today that were just standard for Jalen Hurts, and and this is great. And I think Jeffrey Lurie more so. The, to me, the 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 things that really stood out from today's press conference are more from Jeffrey Lurie than anything. But again, nothing earth shattering across the board. This guy is the quarterback. They signed him to make to be the quarterback for the next couple of years, and uh, this guy's the limit, especially over the next two years. Because I did see Dan Orlovsky saying today that he feels like this. Eagles Eagles expectations the next two years should be Super Bowl. Uh, he just went over the the numbers, the the returning starters, uh, everything that he was laying out. This team needs to be in the conversation for Super Bowl, and I don't think there's any Eagle fan that would doubt it. The only thing that I have my hand in the air raised is that defense. I think is going to take a step back. They were pretty dominant last year, lost a couple pieces this year. I'm wondering what they're going to do, what this team's going to look like come come September. But defensively, I think that they could take a step backwards. Anything there that you would like to add, Gerald, as we move on over to the Aaron Rodgers conversation? It, just a couple quick things. As far as the defense goes, there's no question in my mind that as we talk here in late April, uh, the defense is worse than it was when they finished up this past season. But I'm not convinced yet to say that it's going to take a step back until we see what they look like when they take the field in September, because they made some late additions last year that were really terrific. So I, I, I'm i just going to reserve opinion to see where the draft and any late free agent signings or maneuvering might land them. As of right now, I agree with you, but we could we, there could still be something happening. So I'll, I'll, I'll hold back on that. As far as the contract goes, I've been waiting to see it. It hasn't been posted yet, but I, I figured it might wait for today before the uh, Players Association will have it up. But people have been asking me about this, this contract and you know how he's been getting his props for how great a deal and putting off the uh, salary cap money and everything. I just want to point out, first of all, it, it is to the credit of the Eagles that they got it done, and they got it done without any kind of controversy, adversarial, because you've committed to this guy and you want it. But there's a few things that struck me about it. First is that it was three years ago today that Jalen Hurst got drafted. This is why I'm all in for Bijan at running back with the 10th pick, because how much has changed in three years in the NFL? And then when you also say, hey, these next two years are so important, I mean, I just think of all the players out there, he gives them the best immediate impact. And that's just my belief. The other part is 
on the contract itself. And, and to the credit of the Eagles, there, there was no rocket science in this, I don't believe. But when you get it done, when he still has a year left on his rookie deal, you get to spread out the cap hit a lot better. And that's why, you know, in comparison to Daniel Jones, the Eagles will have a lot less cap hit because Jalen still has one year left on his rookie deal. So when you spread out that signing bonus over the course and amortize it over the course of the deal evenly of the, of, of the years, including the one remaining because it actually goes down as a contract extension, you get a real benefit of the cap hit. And this is where... Like Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens missed out on why Lamar's lack of understanding about how all this stuff works by not having an agent probably hurt him as well. Because he was apparently offered a very similar contract where the Ravens would have had the benefit of spreading that out over a still existing year in his contract. So it's really it shows that the Eagles took care of business the right way. Some other teams don't, and we're just glad. The other part is that had they waited longer, which they could have, just to make sure, because you never know, things can happen. We saw it certainly with Carson Wentz. You see it all the time. Um, but had, had you wait, then the number's only going to go up anyhow. So it was in everybody's best interest to get it done. Great deal for the Eagles. Great deal for Jalen Hurst. Great deal for all Philadelphia Eagles fans. Yeah. That one Rogers. So I know we talk about collusion for, you know, owners and teams not wanting to give guaranteed money to Lamar Jackson and there's this whole thing is a collusion is this the league trying to tell Lamar Jackson and the rest of the NFL players are not going to do it but what if Jalen Hurts I, I I wanted to to at least ask this question because Jalen Hurts seemed like he didn't really care if he had all the guaranteed money so he said you know championships over money like money's good but championships are better stuff like that but if a player like Jalen Hurts who even just came off of that MVP like season what if he decided to do it as well and kind of hold out and go I want guaranteed money could he have actually influenced that market in any way if he and Lamar Jackson at the same time were asking for that same thing he could have John and that's why it's nice that we have a Jalen Hurts, and, and I'm not knocking his agent at all. Great deal, great deal for her, great deal for her client. But they could have potentially played harder ball. And then you get into an acrimony situation, and it's not good for anybody. So I, I, I think I, the way I judged Jalen's demeanors and answers today was almost like he didn't even get involved. Like he just left it to his agent, put his trust in her, and the Eagles were fair with him, and, and he wasn't really that really sweating it that much. That's what it looked like to me. And that's good for everybody also. Um, you, you know, look, when you're representing a player, and had I been representing Jalen Hurts, which I clearly was not, <laughs> otherwise I'd be buying, otherwise mm -hmm. I'd be buying goofy suits and my client would not be wearing a tag. <laughs> but, but, but I, may have driven a harder bargain because the Eagles had to get this done. And I might have insisted on more guaranteed money. But I but I wasn't in the negotiation and I don't want to second guess her. But I think I think he did have some leverage. I mean that's why when you see that he talks about he FaceTime with Jeffrey Laurie, FaceTime with Harry Rosen, the Eagles were ecstatic with the deal. If the Eagles are ecstatic, then as an agent you think, mm, I might have been able to do better. And, and that, that that's just my my experience as a negotiator, but I'm but I'm not knocking her or the deal itself. I just I just took from the perspective of Jalen Hurts that here's a kid who's always worked so hard, came in as a second round pick, and here three years later, this is more money than he ever imagined. He's happy with it, and now let's go on and win Super Bowls. And he said that a couple times today, so that's where a lot of Eagles fans are. That mentality is, let's just get back out in the field and, and, and start competing. And I'm excited about this upcoming year. But, of course, we got the NFL draft. I do want to point out that our friend Quimby was calling. I did not have the screener up in front of me, so I would imagine he wants to come at us over our old-school take of, take that off the suit 
Who knows who, who, what's going wait, on? Wait, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. I have no Quimby, idea. What, it, I don't know. Even if that's wait, what Quimby was talking about, who knows? I, I, I got to hear his perspective, and I will text him after in whatever island he's now enjoying. <laughs> yeah, life. wait, wait. John Marks is or John Marks. John <laughs> Jansen. Sorry, John Jansen is definitely telling. <laughs> no! I, I should make more of a stink about that. Come that's on, right. that's like saying an ex's name that's when you're like, right. you can't do that. John Jansen, you can't do that. That's a bad job. Now by I me. know who you're thinking about all the oh. time when I'm across here. Oh Good my grief. God, John, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. Oh, Leave me alone. Oh, man. John Jansen. That's yeah, all I know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> John Jansen is probably right. Who knows what we're getting from Quimby. All right. Let's get on over to the big story of the day. All right. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers here. And, of course, he just signed a new deal with the New York Jets. And from the gambling perspective, listen to this. Uh, this is a book that will remain nameless. They were 25 to 1 when the Super Bowl odds opened. They moved to 14 to 1 before Rogers' mid-March announcement. Now they are as low as, uh, Jets were 16 to 1 this morning. Now they're 14 to 1 again. So 14 to 1, money coming in. Of course, everyone believing that the Jets can get the job done. Uh, knowing what you know about the deal though, Gerald, did the Jets give up too much to get Aaron Rodgers? Your thoughts on the deal from the outside looking in? No, but, you know, when this thing started breaking a couple of months ago at the start of free agency, maybe even before free agency, it might have been in February when it first started being discussed, um, I felt it was going to get done at some point. It just seemed like the match. Aaron wanted to be with the Jets, just wanted Aaron, and it was pretty clear to me that the Packers didn't want him anymore. So, again, in leverage and negotiation, the, the Jets may have had a drop, but they wanted Aaron Rodgers so much. In my opinion, I mean, there, it was really sort of like the whole offseason is, you know, engaged about building around that and, and making a run right now with the roster that they already have and some some good defense they've added, et cetera. So, uh, and even signing receivers to, to go with him, it just this was a fait accompli to me. Uh, I was actually because a few texts I got right away, Sean, were that the the Jets gave up too much. And then the others, well, the Packers didn't get anything. No, listen, the Packers absolutely got something. Could be a huge difference in the first round, depending on who the guy is that's there. But getting a second round pick this year and a potential first that's no lower than a second next year is a pretty good haul for a guy that you did not want. And now you get to take his number off your books. There'll be dead money, but you get rid of him and you, the Jordan Love era has begun and that's what they wanted to do anyhow. So I think the, the Packers did fine. Did the Jets give up too much? Not if Aaron succeeds for them. But he's got to succeed, and we know he's got to succeed pretty soon. So I, I wait, wait and see if they gave up too much. But they didn't give up a ton. Therefore, win-win, and hopefully it all works out for both teams. I mean, it depends what your feeling is on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I'm curious. You, you gave the odds on the Jets, Sean. Did the Packers change appreciably or not at all? I don't think so. We knew what they were getting into because we knew who their it quarterback was. It was already priced that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. So, so I, I, I mean, but but when people look at it, they have to realize the Jets did give up something. You know, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily anything that, that's earth shattering, but they gave up some stuff. And um, if you're the Packers, you actually have to feel pretty good about it. I do know this much, though. There is going to be a lot of conversation about the New York Jets. So I would almost want to fade them and take them on the under in a lot of their plays. Nine and a half, though, as far as the win total is concerned, that's a very easy number to get to, in my opinion. When you're playing 
this amount of games. Um, I don't know if the division is going to be as weak as it, it has been, but I don't expect the Patriots to really take a huge step further uh, forward. Uh, the Dolphins, I know, have a good roster, but what if Tua goes down? Who they bring in for backup? Um, there's a lot of question marks, but right now, nine and a half is definitely the perfect number. I would probably take the over and see if they can get the 10. But again, that's, that's without digging too deep into, uh, of course, the uh, week in, week out schedule, which is pretty important when it comes to this. And I gotta believe if he emerged from his darkness or hole or whatever, that Aaron Rodgers is really motivated to do something this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I gotta believe him. And frankly, I wouldn't mind saying it. All right. Yes, yeah, the Jets. At the end of the day, they do have annoying, annoying and, and, and fans. I'm not like, like Joe Douglas, you know, and and I really do personally and and professionally have a high regard for him. And listen, the only time the Jets would ever affect us is if we play them in Super Bowl. So I'll take that. Yeah, exactly. We are playing them the regular season this year. All right. Well, they call the Green Legion up. Quimby has a trip. For That's you. it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Pack that stadium up. All right, Gerald, let's talk about Joel Embiid and the 76ers and changing gears. Let's talk about the association here. And uh, they did what they had to do to beat the Brooklyn Nets. They swept them on to the next. It's most likely going to be the Boston Celtics. We shall find out if the Celtics handle business tomorrow. They're a 12-point favorite over the Atlanta Hawks at home. Probably should wrap up there. If not, good, even better news for us. Um Everybody that talks Sixers, whether it's nationally or locally right now, is affected one way or the other with Joel Embiid's health. So uh, your thoughts on what we saw in that game for a wrap-up, uh, what stood out to you the most, and now where do we stand in your mind with the health of Joel Embiid in the balance? Well, it was great to, to play that lousy team in the first round and take care of business. And you know, I'm not going to knock anything about it because they came out of it with a sweep, which you want to do. That was not a representative team they were playing on the other side. But they had some guys really step up. And whenever you sweep and you do it also with your superstar out with an injury, there's something to be said. And that's been on the road as well and come from behind. So all good, except part of the beauty of having a sweep is that you get out of there easily. And unfortunately, Joel didn't even get through three full games without getting dinged already. And and that's where the worry comes in because we always talk about the marathon, the NBA playoffs, and it's really a shame that he's already hurting. Now, what I really liked about Saturday's game and through the whole series was Tobias Harris, who I'm not the biggest fan of, and I, I find him invisible most of the time sort of coasting. And most of what I hold against him is just that the Sixers kept him instead of Jimmy Butler, and he's not a max guy. But he was really terrific in this series, and he was really aggressive and stepped up and was good, and, and to me, in all four games. Um, Paul Reed was terrific off the bench in a, a role as backup and then starting Sunday, or Saturday rather, and he just he just excelled. He didn't have a great start to that game, but in the second half was really terrific, and he just played good defense, rebound, hustled, and didn't make the Paul Reed mistakes he's made in the past that have cost him a lot of minutes. So I'm, I'm proud of Paul and happy for Paul. And that was a big one. And then we haven't had a real clear read as to who DeAndre Mitchell has been, or Melton rather, through the season. And he really played well in this playoff series, particularly hit three big shots on Saturday. And I was pleased with that. The bad side, I know Sean, you had given some credit to Tyrese Maxey, and he had some really good moments in the series, but he was six for 20. And the other part that concerned me was Harden. He can't elevate or explode at the hoop whatsoever anymore. And he shot so miserably in the series uh, overall, and especially for, um, to two points. I mean, he was on two-point field goals, Sean, 
26%. Mm. He can't elevate. And that is problematic. And actually, without Joel in the court, I've, I've been pleased that Harden all year, they got him to buy into the fact that obviously the offense has to go through Joel Embiid. And he did that very well and moved the ball and didn't sit there pounding the dribble the way he has in the past. On Saturday, without Embiid, he went back to a lot of that stuff. And I saw too many old James Harden things. Obviously, they got the win. That's what matters. But between him, P.J. Tucker with his constant one for sixes, and I know you know we talked about P- playoff P.J. and he does some things and the hustle things, but he's out there. He's out there too many minutes for me. Now, of course, if Joel's not in there or has to have his minutes limited, then we're going to get a lot of P.J. Tucker. So all that stuff, um, mostly good. But of course, the biggest news being the injury. And I've checked with the doctors on this one, and. It, it, you know, they've announced it as an LCL sprain. You guys know what that is, right? I've heard of it before. It's because it, you got all these. You got the MCL, BCL, yeah. uh, PCL, but it's the lateral collateral link. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to. I would have a lower cholesterol ligament, but go ahead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it's the lateral collateral ligament. And based on the fact that they're announcing it's a 50-50, I learned from my medical experts that it's probably a grade one sprain. You know, to really know the degree of it, you have to, or the extent of so how long it's going to be out and what you're facing, you have to know the degree. But had it been a grade three, he would have been out for the season getting surgery. Grade two probably would be for at least a couple of weeks, if not longer. So it's probably a grade one, which is positive. And then they get to treat it with um, PRP and rest. Joel likes his rest and maybe a shot to help up in the spilling process. So, so we'll see. And they can even do like stem cell injections and a whole bunch of other stuff they call shot of blood graft. And there's uh, amniotic fluid that they sometimes inject. And he, he apparently had some swelling or even some fluid that they had to withdraw. But regardless, the fact is that he is being talked about as possibly playing is a good sign and now it's going to be up to Joel and hopefully he shows us something and you know I always feel like he somewhat looks for these excuses and then he plays up into the drama of it I just hope that's not what he does here because obviously the Sixers really have a very little chance against Boston without him and hopefully he'll be out there and if not then we'll be having the same conversations we have every offseason. And I don't want to have those in a couple of weeks. No, I know. And that's where my mind goes. But can we just get something different to happen? And who knows? You know, this team uh, is getting better, getting more from James Harden at times. Uh, it does seem like Maxie's in a better position to, to have more of an effect on the game this year than last year. Tobias knows how important he is. I just don't know if we're going to get anything different there. Um, the MVP could be a difference maker, and you might laugh at that, but that that series might come down to seven, game seven, and if the Sixers can just get one at home to push it to there, that, that's and that might be just because of the place is shaken when Joel and me gets the MVP award. You never know, right? You never know. Hell, he might not win the MVP award. Who knows? But uh, I'm grasping for anything right now for the Sixers to get out of round two and um, you know, we're a little ways away from that, but uh, at this point, in time, I get what you're saying. There, you know, Sean, it, the building will be so charged up if before a game during a Celtics series they announce it and, and give the award to Joel and be yep. the MVP. We've heard those chants for a good five years, <laughs> and if it actually comes true in front of their eye, our eyes before a Boston game, that would that would 
be worth at least a couple of points. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. But then again, he came out the one time with, uh, with who else? He come out, John Jensen, when he the DX, right? When he was doing this. Oh, Triple H. Triple yeah. H. D-Generation X. And he lost that game. So That's one of the most disappointing losses I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so anything's possible there. We've had a few. But, but um, guys, also... Back in Game Three, when we had the watch party over at Bankroll, it was a blast! What, 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 a, what a great night over there! We're doing doing MVP chance that night too. <laughs> we we just we just had so much fun. The whole Ivar crew for multiple belly games. button tattoos. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah, all that. And the Liberty Ballers and the Crossing Bra. We, it was just it was just a terrific, terrific night. But um, there, there were a couple of bizarre things in that game to me, and that was. The, the choosing not to eject Joel Embiid, but ejecting James Harden. So I, I, I go to my store, said Rush, who is the former director of officials for the NBA. I sent him a text, and I said, I, I couched it that way, you know, a little bizarre on those choices. And he goes, and he, he writes, he does a response, because I want to read it, it's kind of funny. He writes back, nice to hear from you. So bizarre and Ed Rush go together, right? <laughs> but, but, then, but then he, he said, my only input, and this is, the guy who was director and supervisor of NBA officials, and he really, he, he, he has NBA referees speak down, but it's also nice to hear how they think about him. He said, my only input is there is no linkage from one incident to the other. Each is judged on a separate guidelines. The league has been very consistent all season on offensive wrist beyond elbow move that initiates contact below the waist. <laughs> so that's why you got ejected because they put in the heads of these referees a term you and I, none of us have ever heard of. Offensive wrist beyond elbow moves that initiate contact below the waist. And he says, and that action has been minimized this season because of the consistent enforcement. The call is supported by the replay center, which is being staffed with playoff officials and Monty McCutcheon. Monty is exceptional. And so Ed, Ed felt it was justified in the right call, but now we have the explanation. Well, you know, it's been up in the air from that, and then you had the Dylan Brooks situation where he got ejected. He should be suspended. Who knows? But uh, those, I hope those guys are paid really well because those jobs are not easy. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we'll see. And, and by the way, we have to convene when, when, when our segment's over. The <clears throat> meeting of the Vince Velasco's fan club because right now we've got it's only two members on. And, and Sean, you're welcome to join. We have. I think everybody will be joining after that one. But John Jansen and I, the Vince Velasquez uh, fan club, three straight victories, including yesterday, seven inning, ten strikeout, two hit, shutout effort. And um, he's, he's a big part of the reason the Pirates have been off to this good start. Pirates! Story of the Major League Baseball. I like that. Hey, Gerald, always great to connect with you, sir. Have yourself a fantastic week. When I get back, we'll be getting together for that uh, second round watch party. I have no idea what's happening, but I know there's one uh, There's one that's going to take place, and I know you're going to be there. Look forward to it. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the week, and uh, we'll catch up later, my friend. Thanks, guys. Sean, have a great, safe trip. Take care. My man. There he is. Once again, Gerald Colton on the Gambler hotline. Vinny Vila. Vinny Performance Vila. of a lifetime. Still pitching. Still getting paid. Did you just hear that stat line? Pirates are doing really well. Seven innings pitched, two I, hits, I, ten I, strikeouts? I asked Arcani. I said, dude, what's the story of, of MLB? And he said, man, it's got to be the Pirates right now. All right, Daily Ticket rolling well, on. Pirates and the Orioles. Yeah, the Orioles too as well. Uh, Daily Ticket rolling on. Coming up at 6 o'clock, John Jansen and the line change. Yeah, everybody stay put.